Hello everybody, welcome to the Incremental Gains Podcast. Today's book review, 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman. It's the second time that I've picked up this book. The first time I read it, I didn't do a review after it. I picked up this book again at a time in my life when I'd just gone all in with jiu-jitsu. So that was my main source of income. I no longer worked part-time. I was also meditating and journaling on with this free time that I'd been given. I'd created a lot of space for myself. I think Laura worked out the other day that apart from admin and studying and planning, actually delivering delivering classes was only like 13 hours a week. So I'd created a lot of free space for myself, a lot of free time. Um, and Laura will tell you that Apart from one or two things, I've always trained. I've always gone in the gym. Obviously, jiu-jitsu is a big part of my life. I go through fads. Guitar's been a big... Music's been a big part of my life as well, but... I go through fads. I, at one point in time, I wanted to do more rowing. I was big on the rowing machine. Another point in my life, I wanted to do triathlons and Ironman, Ironmans. But... One of the things that does come from this book, and I'll get into it a little bit more, is that you can do anything that you want in life. You just can't do everything. And it took me a while to figure that out. So the second time I picked up this book, I'd, I was in the right mindset for it. I was in the right frame of mind to read it. And it is, 4,000 weeks alludes to the fact that an average week, an average lifetime is around 4,000 weeks. Now, there's a pretty cool app, and it's not an app, it's just a website, but it's called 4K Weeks. So if you Google 4K Weeks, and it comes up with... You can type in when your birthday was, and it'll tell you how many weeks you've got left. So an average lifespan is 4,000 weeks. So I'm 42 years old and 14 weeks which means that I've lived 2,205 weeks. So I have left, on average, 2,371 weeks, which is quite a sobering and scary thought. So the point is, what do you do with those weeks? And this is what 4,000 Weeks talks about. So it's an anti-productivity book. It's an anti-productivity book. We've all probably gone through that phase in our life where we're trying to be productive, we're chunking um, our days down into hours and we've got something planned on every hour of the day, trying to fit everything in. Now, if we go back to what I've just said about you can do anything, you just can't do everything. What do you choose to do? So now, let's rewind a little bit. I've been going through a massive, and I don't know if you could call it a midlife crisis, I don't know what, but I've been going through a massive period of my life, especially at this age, at the age of 42, thinking about mortality. And I know that's not a very nice thing to think about, but it's a 
it's a realistic thing to think about that you're not getting any younger. You're not going to be here forever. People who you love and care about aren't going to be here forever. So I've been thinking about mortality, more specifically my own mortality and longevity. I'm also currently reading at the moment Peter Atiyah's book, Outlive. I highly recommend that. He's been on all sorts of podcasts recently, all the big ones, so you can find him on there. But he's talking about longevity and how to live longer, healthier. So it's not about lifespan, it's about health span. So 4,000 weeks for me is a good, almost companion piece to read in, Outlive. Peter Atiyah's book's very deep in the science behind it all. And 4,000 weeks is a little bit more almost spiritual, if you like, about if you're living longer or you're living these 4,000 weeks, what are you going to actually do with that time that you have? A big thing... I'm going to struggle how to explain this because I don't want to come across as vain and narcissistic but I've always took pride in my appearance I've always took pride in looking after myself physically going to the gym watching what I eat to a certain degree especially as I've got older I'm not drinking as I hardly drink any alcohol whatsoever in fact we've not drunk since we come back from Nashville but as you get older if you place value on yourself, if you place value on your sense of self-worth or on your vanity slash physical appearance, that is a depreciating asset. Which means you've already hit your peak already and now you're on a downhill slope in terms of physical attributes how strong you're going to be, how fit you're going to be. Eventually, those things are going to catch up with you. And if you place your sense of self-worth and your sense of value and your vanity on that, you're on a losing battle. However, your mind is an appreciating asset. That's one thing that I've come to realise at the moment. You can always learn more. You can always be more knowledgeable. You can always be wiser. So I'm kind of getting my head around all that stuff. So that's why this book came at the right time, 4,000 weeks. I almost have been made to feel guilty by society, the expectations that I need to be busy all the time. I need to have projects on all the time. And I'd almost feel guilty if... I was sat down with a coffee, reading a book for an hour on the afternoon. And don't get me wrong, I've worked hard to create that space for myself. And I don't think you should be made to feel guilty for doing things, spending your time the way that you want to, doing things that you love and that you value. For example, playing half an hour, spending half an hour on the guitar, sitting in your garden, contemplating, having a coffee, having a cup of tea. We shouldn't be made to feel like we shouldn't be allowed to do that because we need to be productive. We need to be on the go. We need to be doing things. So you can't do everything. 
but you can do anything. It's been hard. There's so many things I want to do. Obviously, I'm big on filming for the YouTube channel, trying to create content for social media. I've also got in my head that I want to start writing more blog posts for Substack. I want to do triathlons. I want to do an Ironman. I want to get better at jiu-jitsu. I want to go training at more clubs for jiu-jitsu, do more grappling. I want to try and compete more. I want to play more guitar. I want to record some videos of some songs. I maybe want to do an open mic night. <laughs> so much stuff that I want to do. I'm not going to have time to do it all. My email box is always going to be full. I'm never going to empty the email box. There's always going to be stuff to do. And I think part of the battle through reading this book is being okay with that fact that there always is going to be something to do. Like when you're cleaning your house, you're never going to have completed the house. There's always going to be something else that needs fixing, that needs retouching up, that needs redoing. I'm glad I read this book for the second time. It just called to me, it was in the cupboard. I'd been going through this longevity and mortality phase, really thinking and meditating on that. And I picked it up and within 10 days I'd, I'd finished and I'd read it. And then I started on Peter Atiyah's book, which is like I said, an awesome companion piece for it. One's more spiritual and more um, ethereal. Is that the right word? More ethereal, a bit more contemplative the ideas in the book whereas Peter Rattier's book is a lot more based in science hard fact quite objective another way of looking at this you can do anything you just can't do everything is choosing your regrets this was something that I came across on the Modern Wisdom podcast it was choosing your regrets and what I mean by that is if we get to week 4,000 and I'm I'm ready to go what will I regret? if you think about the fact that you can't do everything you want to do choose your regrets what do you want to have regretted not doing? now on a quite side note um, there's a song that you probably won't have heard but um, a country singer called Cody Johnson um, in Nashville a lot of the performers in the bars were singing this song and it was it was out in the charts at the time, the country music charts. Cody Johnson, Till You Can't, get it on your Apple, get it on your Spotify, have a listen, listen to the lyrics. Me and Laura are listening to it non-stop at the moment. Um, the lyrics are quite profound. It's an upbeat song with a quite melancholy lyric. But it's a good song and it really brought home again i'm a massive believer in being aware the universe is giving you these signs if you're open to them these books that i'm reading that are calling to me the lyrics of songs that i'm hearing are all coming back to the same theme and the same pattern of seizing the day almost and i know that's that's cliche to say and it's not possible to seize the day you can't live every day like it's your last but you can choose what you do with your time and if you choose correctly 
and do stuff that you value and that you love and not just doing something to make somebody else happy and for the sake of doing something. That builds up emotional health and that is another indicator of, for longevity from Peter Atiyah's book. Emotional health is a big factor. So choose your regrets. What will I be happy with regretting not doing when you leave this, when you leave this world? And I think it's being okay with that. It might be that I'm never going to ever do an Ironman. And given everything else that I want to do, maybe I'll be okay with that. Another way of looking at it, which is interesting, is what are you willing to be shit at? What are you willing to suck at? So you can you can 10x your productivity in your chosen your chosen activities. So I can dial down on doing jujitsu. I can be in the gym. That's obviously taking time away from doing these YouTube videos. If you're not going to spend a lot of time doing something, you're not going to be really that good at it. Choose what you're going to suck at. What are you willing to be rubbish at? Doesn't mean you can't still do it, but I've realistic expectations that I'm not really going to get good at this because I'm not spending a lot of time on it. And that's cool. This is my priority at the moment, doing building the business or getting me health in order. That is my priority at the moment. So in terms of being social, I might suck at that for a little bit. And that can be phased in. I think I've only just really, really understood that now that maybe you could phase that in where it's like this month I'm going to choose to suck at my social media because I want to concentrate more on family time. I want to concentrate more on real relationships rather than the relationships we have on social media. So I want to spend more time with my family. And then maybe as the four weeks progress or your quarter quarterly goals change this month you're going to actually phase out your health and your gym work maybe because the business or your family is taking priority at the moment i think it can work both ways so you can't do everything but you can do anything choose your regrets and ask yourself what you're willing to suck at And accept it's your life, it's okay, and you shouldn't be made to feel guilty if you want to sit and read a book, or sit and play guitar, or sit and listen to your favourite album. Enjoy that moment. The book talks about being present, but not in a really, not in a, a way that you can't understand it, in a way that you can't actualize but in a way that's quite applicable and you can you can actually start to action it and put it into place in your life and about enjoying the moment and life is filled with the moments and whatever you choose to do with those moments is effectively what your life will turn out to be like yeah i understand that sometimes you have to do stuff that's tough and that you don't particularly enjoy but the majority of your time doing something that you, you value and that you love doing.
and that makes you feel good. They talk about sleep, sleep in the book. I value sleep, I value sleep and recovery. Um, the big thing at the moment is that you've got to get up at like half four in the morning and attack the day and eat the biggest frog first and all this. That's not for me though, I am not a morning, anyone who knows men knows that I am not a morning person. There's no way I could get up at half five, six o'clock and by the time it comes round to tea time and I've got to deliver classes and stuff like that, that I wouldn't have the energy, I wouldn't have the motivation, I wouldn't have the passion to do that. I wake up at half seven, my day probably starts at eight o'clock, 20 past eight. And I'm good with that. I feel that I'm, I've had enough sleep, I've had enough recovery. I shouldn't be made to feel guilty. You shouldn't be made to feel guilty if that's how you work. But even though the book is an anti-productivity book, it's still... encourages you to, to, to plan your day. Not to the extent where every hour is accounted for, but planning that you're gonna sit there for an hour and play guitar. Planning that you're gonna, and it sounds weird, doesn't it, to, to say that, that you wanna be a little bit spontaneous, which is another good way of, one thing I got from Paul Mort was, I know I'm chopping all over the place here, but different things are coming at me as I'm, as I'm talking about it. Paul Mort spoke about having a routine that is baggy enough to live in. So even though you might make these plans, you're getting up at half seven, eight o'clock, you're doing X, Y, Z at 10, 11, 12, and then you're giving yourself an hour for dinner. And then you're gonna play the guitar for a little bit in the afternoon. But inevitably life is fragile and things will happen and chaos will ensue. And it's about having the baggy enough routine to adapt and fit into that and being okay with it being okay with the fact that it doesn't always go to plan how we handle change will essentially be how happy we are in life so having a baggy having a routine that is baggy enough to fit in not too strict putting plans in place that, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym at like five o'clock this evening, but if something happens, then I'm willing to, I can always put that in another day. Because that's a cause of stress. The more structure we have and the more routine we have and something doesn't exactly go to plan, then that is a massive cause of stress and it's how we handle that stress. And the last thing I want to talk about is your use of language. Law in particular We'd not really looked after the garden from the end of last year. We didn't cover up our garden furniture. We didn't cover up. Um, we didn't really like put it into like winter mode, if you like the garden. And Laura used the term the other week that she'd failed in the garden this year. And it was just that terminology that you use these words so many times and that becomes your identity. That becomes your belief system that you are a failure. And obviously she's by no means a failure, but... It's the way she used that language and you hear other people use similar language that I am this, I am that. 
And over time, that constant use of language and the way you're describing yourself is not good. Be a little bit more forgiving with yourself. It's okay. You're never going to get everything done. I think that's one thing that it's, it's taught me, this book, is that it's okay that there's some marks on the wall that haven't been painted over this year. It's okay that this week I forgot to produce a YouTube video. But it's not okay that I spent all week trying to, product, trying to be productive and I didn't spend any time for me with the space that I created to enjoy the stuff that I love doing. highly recommend this book. I know I probably say that about every book, but I obviously choose the books that I enjoy reading. I'm probably not going to finish a book that I'm not enjoying, so therefore I'm not going to review it. But yeah, I recommend this book. It's an easy read. There's some really interesting bits in it. Again, I've, not, I've purposely not gone into great depth into all the different chapters and stuff because I want you to read it for yourself. And also as a companion piece, Peter Atiyah's book, Outlive. It's a big, big book. And I'm devouring it. I've probably been reading it for 10 days. I'm not too far from the end. Really loving it. I can't wait to start applying stuff, what I've learned from it. And I'll, I'll be doing a video about what I've, what I've started to apply as well. Um, yeah, so 4,000 Weeks, Oliver Berkman. I recommend you go out and get it. Give it a read, get it on your Kindle. And while you're at it, subscribe to us on YouTube if you like the videos. Give us a like and leave a comment if you enjoyed it. See you soon.